Thank you, and it's such a privilege to be here with you from this side of the communion rail. Well, I'm on the other side usually, which is great. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So as Father Scott mentioned, today is World Mission Sunday, and we're taking a look at the call of God to go and serve him. And I think we often think of mission, missionaries who go to different and faraway places, right? Like Uganda, maybe. Places that involve planes, trains, and automobiles. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Missions can also be right at home. I would argue, and that just involves walking outside, meeting your neighbors. I have a lot of diversity in my neighborhood, and that's a mission field too. So we're going to take a brief look, unfortunately, only a brief, because I have a couple other things to do, at the lessons from Genesis and Revelation today. So Genesis 12 is the beginning of mission. There's a lot that happened to get there, and oh, I wish I could talk about it, but we start with creation, and we work our way down to the people of Israel, and we've had the fall, the flood. Chapter 10 is Noah's genealogy, which is important because that's what gets us to Abram. So it's very important to see where Abram is coming from. And chapter 12 begins with God's call to Abram, Go. Now that's simple, right? Go. Go where? That's, that's always a good question. And the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house. So he's really leaving. He's leaving his home, his family, his culture. He's going. He's not coming home. I mean, this is go, go, go. Very far. To the land I will show you. No ways, no Google Maps. Go to the land I will show you. There's so much obedience here in the turning right and turning left to get where God wants him to be. And then there's the promise. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now there's a lot to unpack here, but all I'm going to emphasize is because of Abram's obedience to go and do what the Lord called him to, the blessing was for him, for his family, but ultimately for all of mankind. Because of course that blessing is found in Jesus Christ. And we see this in Galatians 3.8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, as his name was changed, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. And then our reading from Revelation 7 is the bookend to Genesis 12. They mirror each other. And oh, there's so much I want to say, but I'm not going to. So Revelation 7, beginning at verse 9. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, 
crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Do you notice how active the worship is? This is not just sitting in the pews and saying, oh, we're with God, yay. No, it's, it's active. One, it's everybody. I mean, everybody is there. Everyone, it's so cool. And they're active, they're waving palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice. Praise to the Lord. You know, heaven is not a um, you know, spectator sport. It's, it's active worship. It's gonna be so cool. All the saints gathered up in heaven, everyone there. When um, I was in high school, my, high, my senior English teacher, Miss Turner, I had her first period. She told us one of three things every day. One, that she had been teaching for 22 years. Two, that she taught Emmylou Harris, the country singer, who was apparently from here, I don't know. Three, that she was an Episcopalian. And at the time, I was too, and I said, oh Lord, please don't sort us by denomination. I don't, I don't want to be next to Miss Turner in heaven. And <laughs> man, the woman was tough, and I've gotten past that. But can you picture everyone being there, not just Anglicans, all Christians from all across the globe, people you've never seen before in heaven? Can you imagine? Isn't that a beautiful picture? And each of the people are there because someone told them about Jesus. Each of the people is in heaven because someone told them about Jesus. Someone participated in God's mission to draw each person there and to the Lord. And while the focus of World Mission Sunday is often on international missions, you don't have to go abroad to be a missionary. All you have to do is walk outside and take a look around. The beautiful thing about this area, Father Scott and Bishop Chris have both observed this, that the nations are here. I mean, the Lord has brought the nations to us. And even better, the nations are in our church. I love this. The nations are in our church. If you have a question about another culture, you don't have to go far to ask, because they are here. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. So are we doing that? Ah, there's a challenge. Are we doing that? Are we taking advantage of the beautiful picture and tapestry that the Lord has presented here? So I would encourage you to take time, meet people, ask questions who are from different cultures of your own because they all have rich and wonderful stories to tell. Archbishop Beach wrote and asked that in our sermons today that we share what he called the tried and true global Anglican mission partners, and they are many. <clears throat> So some of, some of the words I have here are lifted from his letter because it was just easier to copy him. <laughs> I'm being honest about my plagiarism. So first, and by the way, these are all missions, missions that All Saints supports and have been a part of for many years. First, the New Wineskins Missionary Network. That's often known for its triannual, tri triannual? triannual, every three-year mission conference. The next one is in September 17th to 20th, 2025. Put it on your calendars. 
It's a fabulous time. It's the clearinghouse for Anglican missions. But they're not just the conference. They have a lot of resources, a lot of training, mentoring. If you ever want to know anything about Anglican missions, go to New Wineskins and they can tell you. If you are interested in short-term missions, SOMA, Sharing of Ministries Abroad, All Saints has a very long history with SOMA. They are a fantastic short-term mission agency, um, supporting the church in the world globally. For long-term missions, there's Anglican Frontier Missions, AFM. They go to the places where the gospel has not been, and they go to plant churches and plant disciples in unreached people groups. The church's ministry among Jewish people, CMJ, has been sharing Jesus' love with Jews for over 200 years. I didn't realize they'd been in, um, in mission that long, sharing the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The Anglican Relief and Development Fund partners with local provinces, dioceses, and churches to fund effective development programs like microfinance to um, enable people to build businesses and expand to become self-supporting. And they also distribute relief aid when disaster strikes. And I've saved my favorite for the last. Um, I have a strong affection for SAMS, the Society of Anglican Missionaries and Senders as they're my sending society, and they support established Anglican churches around the world. And not because I'm shilling for them, but I have a short video from Sam's to show you what some missionaries think about being on the field. So John, do we have that? When I think about the very beginning of wanting to work in mission, I, I guess it was uh, the idea of going to a different culture seemed very, uh, seemed wonderful. Even though I was a well-read person and had a good education and had attended church all my life, missionary was actually a new vocabulary word for me. I knew nothing about missionaries. I never heard of one. I certainly never met one. And here she was talking to us. I, I never would have guessed that this is where I would be. Uh, my life ambition as a teenager and in my early 20s was to be a ski bum, mountain bum. Uh, I was going to be living in a truck. I think a huge part of our refinement of call was to be feeling those emotions was like, okay, <laughs> not everyone would feel this way. If, if you are discerning a call to missions, pay attention. That is not a small thing. He had everybody close their eyes and imagine the typical Anglican. Now this was, you know, a North American diocese. And so we all imagined uh, an older lady in our church. Uh, and then he said, well, the typical Anglican is a 20-something-year-old Nigerian woman who makes a living by subsistence farming. And uh, that kind of shifted my perspective on what the global church looks like. Something that sticks in my mind from my time in Panama. In South America. In Africa. In Honduras. Peru. I had the opportunity to worship uh, with Tibetan and Chinese brothers and sisters. And I didn't understand a word that was said. And I wept the whole time. And I apologized. I said, I'm sorry for 
being a stranger here, <laughs> weeping at your service, and they said, you're not a stranger, you're our brother. If we were going to go into the mission field, the SAMS was the way for us to uh, get everything that we would need to be successful on the mission field. SAMS came along with this beautiful sense of, in their very name, missionaries and senders, one together. But there's a lot more behind the scenes uh, that takes place as far as missionary support is concerned. It's not just the finances, it's not just even having a church or two praying for you while you're there, which of course is very, very important. But you have an organization that has now decades of experience in sending missionaries overseas. And, and just the fact that for Sam's, we were both missionaries, and not just I. I think about the support that Sam's has given to make all of that possible, uh, and the encouragement, um, and it's truly been pastoral, uh, the care that we've received uh, from Sam's from the beginning. Our hearts were just filled with <laughs> um, gratitude to be there alongside these people. And so we just said, okay, this is, must be how God created us and like God is stirring this for a reason. And if you seek out the Lord and the Lord opens up a door for you and you start living your life with Christ, all of a sudden your life becomes an adventure. You're no longer just in a journey. Now it's an adventure. And the funny, and the reason why I say it's an adventure is because the Lord really does a lot of unexpected things. And that is amazing. We were at the New Wineskins Conference, and Heidi Smith, who is a, a Sam's missionary in Chile, got up and spoke a 10-minute speech in the morning. And one of the things she said was, you have to go where God calls you. Go where God calls you. That's the command. Um, Nate Twitchell, he was the gentleman in the blue shirt who talked about um, worshiping with the Tibetan Christians and, and just weeping. Um, my first Sunday in Uganda, I had the same experience. I was in seminary and I was, I was the most reluctant missionary ever. That's a really great story that I don't have time to tell you, but it's really great. I never wanted to be a missionary. And you know, here I am. But to be where God has called you to be, and the and the the worship was so joyous, and in English and Luganda and other and other languages, I just wept because I was where God had called me to be. It's um, no small thing to answer His call. And so again, the mission of God is to call all people to Himself. So the question is, where is God sending you? Because he is calling you. It's not like, oh, Jessica, yeah, she's the one who's going. No, it's not just me. It's everyone. Where is God calling you? Is it to minister with inmates in Kairos? Is it to minister to those with unplanned pregnancies? Or to provide food for those with food insecurities? Or to use your gifts someplace closer to home or further from home? It doesn't matter where. The point is that you go and that you answer the call that God has given you. And I would like to end with something a little different, a contemplative exercise called Lectio Divina, which means divine reading. So I want you to get comfortable. No, really, get comfortable. 
indeed, and then close your eyes. I'm giving you permission to close your eyes in church. So I'm going to read the gospel reading three times. And so I'm going to give you directions. We're going to pray, and then we'll do it. So the first time I'm going to read the passage, I'm going to read through for, for familiarity. The second time, I'll ask you to listen for a word or a phrase that is an invitation. And the last time, I'll ask you to listen to, for an invitation from the Lord of what he wants you to know, do, or become. So please close your eyes. Let's take a couple deep breaths. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are here. Send your Holy Spirit to speak to your people through your word. So this first time, I am just reading for familiarity. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now this time, listen for a word or a phrase that is an invitation. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And this last time, listen for an invitation from the Lord of what he wants you to know, do, or become. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So how was that? Different, huh? So I want to encourage you, if you heard a word from the Lord, share it with someone. Share it with one of us. Share it with each other. The body is here to support and equip each other. It's impossible to go on mission without preparation or training, whether it's a mission here or a mission abroad. And that's what the church is here to do. So, call is confirmed in community. So share what the Lord is whispering to you. Let us uphold one another and lift each other up as we discern what the Lord has called each of us to do as we carry out his mission. Amen. <laughs>